0: You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. All right. So I was saying my anxiety is higher this morning. You wonder why? Okay. Hopefully that got out some of the cobwebs of my anxiety. My parents are here for the first time hearing me preach this morning, and I told them, I was like, oh my goodness, my anxiety is gonna be higher because you guys are here. And my mom said, why? You've been preaching to us since you were like six years old anyway, so it should be fine. But that doesn't make a difference, it's still higher. So, this morning we're gonna start out a little bit differently. I am going to share with you a children's book. And so I, just want to start off with that, and then you guys can follow along on the screens and see the pictures. So the book is called, What Do You Do With an Idea? One day, I had an idea. Where did it come from? Why was it here? I wondered, what do you do with an idea? At first, I didn't think much of it. It seemed kind of strange and fragile. I didn't know what to do with it, so I just walked away from it. I acted like it didn't belong to me. But it followed me. And I worried what others would think. What would people say about my idea? I kept it to myself. I hid it away, and I didn't talk about it. I tried to act like everything was the same as it was before my idea showed up. But there was something magical about my idea. I had to admit I felt better and happier when it was around. It wanted food. It wanted to play. Actually, it wanted a lot of attention. It grew bigger, and we became friends. I showed it to other people, even though I was afraid of what they would say. I was afraid that if people saw it, they would laugh at it. I was afraid they would think it was silly. And maybe, and many of them did. They said it was no good. They said it was too weird. They said it was a waste of time and that it would never become anything. And at first, I believed them. I actually thought about giving up on my idea. I almost listened to them. But then I realized, what do they really know? This is my idea, I thought. No one knows it like I do. And it's okay if it's different and weird and maybe a little crazy. I decided to protect it, to care for it. I fed it good food. I worked with it. I played with it. But most of all, I gave it my attention. My idea grew and grew, and so did my love for it. I built a new house, one with an open roof, where it could look up at the stars, a place where it could be safe, safe to dream. I liked being with my idea. It made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. It encouraged me to think big, and then bigger, and then... Oh, wait a minute, I'll do that again. It encouraged me to think big, and then to think bigger. It shared its secrets with me. It showed me how to walk on my hands, because it said it's good to have have the ability to see things differently. I couldn't imagine my life without it. Then, one day, something amazing happened. My idea changed right before my very eyes. It spread its wings, took flight, and burst into the sky. I don't know how to describe it, but it went from being here to being everywhere. It wasn't just a part of me anymore. It was now a part of everything. And then I realized what you do with an idea. You change the world. So what do you do with an idea? You change the world. Many of us have had ideas over the years, I'm sure. And so I felt right away we need to talk about how do we know if an idea is from God or not? Well, I don't know that there's a surefire way to tell, but over the years I have kept doing the same method over and over again and it's worked for me. And so, first, I always pray about it and ask God to help me discern whether it's from God or not. And then we always have to look at, does it align with the truth? Does it align with what the Bible tells us? Does it align with what God would do or what Jesus would do? And then, one of the most important parts for me is going and telling a reliable friend. Somebody in my band or somebody that I'm in a discipleship group with that I can trust to help me discern whether it's from God or not. And then we come to, well, what does the Bible say about it? And so that's when I went to Jason and I showed him this book and we started picking through, okay, what does the Bible say about ideas that come from God? So for the rest of this morning, we're going to assume that this idea or this dream that we're talking about is from God. So what does the Bible say that we need to do with that? And we started looking, and we came to Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And this is the parable of the three servants. It's called different names and different versions. But I want you just to sit back and listen and to this this morning. Verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of the man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in dividing it in portions to their ability. He then left for his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver to invest the money and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid it, hid the master's money. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I know you are a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I I would lose your money, so I hid it in a hole in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what is given, even more will be given, and they will have, to, and they will have abundance. But for those who don't think, even what little they have will be taken away. This parable is just packed full of different things. But one of the things that stuck out to me right away was the master says to each one of them, no matter how much they were given, that it was a small amount. So the master in the parable, we relate to God. God. And oftentimes, we talk about the money that they're given, the bags of silver, as gifts that God has given us, as a talent that God's given us, or an idea, or a dream. And so what do we do with that? Well, the master says, I've given you small amount for the 10 bags, for the five, for the one, a small amount. So I started thinking about that. What does this small amount mean? God often tasks us with small things to do. And does he do that daily? I started asking myself. For example, if I'm going about my day um, you know working, I'm at the store cleaning the house, and an idea pops into my mind to pray for somebody. Well, if I'm obedient right away and I say, say a prayer for this person, take a minute, and give some time. Is God gonna entrust you with more next time he has a prompting? But the other hand of that is, what if I'm going about my day and I'm prompted to pray for somebody and I just think, oh, I'm too busy, I don't know what to even say to pray for that person, and I just skip over it, and I say, I'll pray later. Or how many times on Facebook do we see a prayer request and we type in the comments praying, but do we ever pray? Do you stop right then and actually pray? I am guilty of that. I think, oh, I'm gonna type praying for this person, and then tonight I'm gonna pray about it. I'm not prompted in doing it right then. And so how many times in a day is God asking us to do a small amount so that he can entrust us with more? So that small amount started playing in my head, and I was thinking about it. But focusing in on the servant who buries his talents, why did he bury him? Why is his view of the master so skewed from how we actually view God? This happens all the time in our society, that we have people that their vision of God has become changed, has become hardened. And we could probably spend all morning talking about why that happens. But why does it happen that we bury ideas and we bury dreams? And the root cause of that is fear, right? Different kinds of fear that we let run rampant. Sometimes we are the best people to start a list of all the reasons why we should not do something. We can draw out a list a mile long um, back in 2017, when I started working in the outreach center here, me and David started together. And um, David Freeman and I kind of shared an office, and we tagged him, and we prayed for each other all the time. And over the course of the last couple of years, David would always say, God is not answering any of my questions because his response is the same every time I ask a question. And it was write the book. So since 2010, God's response to him was write the book, write the book, write the book. Because in 2010, God had asked him to write a book and he had been putting it off. Well, the great thing is now the book is published and he has written the book, but I find it funny even in the book and the, back of chapter 10, he goes through this laundry list of all the reasons why he shouldn't have written the book. All the reasons why the fear was coming in and playing. You know, he wasn't good at spelling, no one would read it. Um, He didn't know how to get it published. It would cost money. All of these reasons why not to do it. But when God asks us to do something, we need to act. We have to take that idea, because what do you do with an idea? You change the world. And I'll tell you, this book um, has been wonderful to read through, but what's even better is um, hearing it now, it's available on Audible, and you can hear David actually read it, and there's nothing like hearing David actually read his book because if you know David Freeman and his inflections in his voice and how he gets excited about everything and it's all in the book and so you get to actually hear that now and it's wonderful. So sometimes we dig a hole and we bury our idea but the good thing is is we have shovels and we can unbury them and don't think that if God gave you an idea he's not going to be persistent in just telling you write the book, write the book, write the book, because it's going to come up over and over again. Sometimes the fear is, well, we're tasked, we only have the one bag of silver, and maybe we've failed in the past, or maybe we've risked everything and lost it with a failure. Sometimes we think, we tell ourselves, we only have this one gifting, and it's too scary to use it. So you may be saying to yourself, I'm the person with the one bag of silver, and the only way to survive and to keep it is just to bury it down deep. Well, sometimes we may just have that one idea, that one gifting. Last year, I was able to go to Chicago and see an organization called Moms Next. And it started with a woman who... um, was doing something completely opposite in her career, but she found out that there were women going home from the hospitals with their new infants that had no support system. Sometimes they weren't even going home to a house, they were homeless, or they were couch hopping. And she said, no one ever follows up with these women. No one ever calls them and makes sure that they have diapers or that they have somebody to talk to or that they know how to use Tylenol when the little baby is having a fever in the middle of the night. So she started going down the list of all these moms that were bringing home their babies. And she loaded up her car with diapers and formula and blankets and she went house to house for years, checking up on these women. She had one idea. God had planted an idea in her. And now, when you go to Mom's Next, they have an amazing big facility that houses 140 women bringing their babies home, that supports them, gives them parenting classes, helps them do their laundry, helps them with childcare. I'm sure she would have never dreamed it would become that big. But when you're obedient and you release it into the world, it's not yours anymore. And it changes the world. Just like in the book when you get to see all the bright colors and the idea take flight. She's not even a part of the daily operations of that organization anymore. Um, But she's watched it change the world and change the lives of all these moms. So it may just be that one simple idea. Maybe you don't have the grand plan yet. That's okay, because God planted that seed in there. God planted the idea, and he's going to be the one who makes it explode and changes the world. Sometimes the fear that we have is that we're too old or we're too young. And people laugh at me all the time, and Jason laughs at me a lot when I say this, but I have a real fear of, going back to school. I feel like I'm too old to go back to school. And he laughs at me when I say that, but it's still a real fear. And sometimes society tells us we're too old to do that. But um, what's kind of cool, you guys know MTV, right? The music channel. Um, It's kind of taken on like the younger, it's the younger crowd TV show. Well, MTV has just launched a new division, a documentary division, and they wanted somebody to come in with fresh new ideas to kind of mix things up and bring in a new voice. And they hired a woman who is 80 years old to do that. I think that's so cool that age is just a number. We never are too old to do something new, to take on a new adventure to dig up this idea. So, do you have an idea? Maybe you're thinking, has God ever prompted me with this idea or this dream? Or maybe it came to you right away. Oh boy, I know the idea or the dream that's been stirring around in my mind for a while. A few of us here on staff are big dreamers and it's really interesting to see like when they actually voice it one, one person on staff the other day was talking, and he said, I think that we should build a tunnel across the street over to Ruby's, and we'll buy Rubies, and we'll knock down all these walls, and we'll build a big building, and so it's fun when you see people dream and what they can come up with and these crazy ideas. So... If you're saying this morning, I know exactly what this dream is or what this idea is that I have been trying to put off and ignore, and that I've been worried about what people would say. If it's a ministry that you've been thinking about, I would encourage you, we have a process to fill out forms for a new ministry here, and you can contact David Freeman. I think they're gonna put it up on the slide here. There you go, there's David's um, email address. So if you have a new ministry, we would love to hear about it. And this form um, kind of helps you think through those ideas and think through what you will need and helping you build a team to kind of come around you. So if you have an idea from a new ministry here, we would love to hear about it. So you can email David um, and he will get that packet to you. If you have a dream to in, that would impact our community, Me and Jason have um, just started launching this new project to kind of reinvigor dreams for people to actually be bold and to go for it. And so we're having coffee conversations. um, It's called Urban Coffee. And that's the website right there. I'd encourage you to go check it out. But more than that, I would love to invite you this coming Thursday at Sisters in Time, From 9 to 10 in the morning, we're going to have coffee and pastries and things, Um, but it's just a time for you to come with your ideas, come with your dreams, no matter how small or how big it is. Um, If you are wanting to lean into this community, come and visit us and let us hear those ideas and let's talk about it. So I hope this morning, if you do have an idea or dream that's just been placed on your heart and you know that your mind went right there when I started talking about it, I'd encourage you to write it on your bulletin and just place it in your Bible. Pray about it over the next few weeks. See, see what God's telling you about it. And then maybe after a couple weeks, maybe you can share it with a friend, you can share it with somebody here, you can share it with a spouse or a family member, but share it with somebody. Because I want you to remember the last line in the book, what do you do with a dream? You change the world. And what it really should say is that God will change the world through you if you let him. Because it's not about what you're gonna do with the idea or the dream. It's really about just surrendering and letting God take over.